Now live. Exodus 14. I'll adjust the game a little bit. Okay, go ahead. The Lord said to Moses, tell the Israelites to turn about and camp before... I can't pronounce that right word. <laughs> Pihiroth, between Midgol and the sea. You shall camp in front of Balzephon, just upon sight. Just, just, I can't read. Just opposite by the sea. Pharaoh will then say, the Israelites are wandering about aimlessly in the land. The desert has closed in on them. Thus I will make Pharaoh so obstinate that he will pursue them. Then I will receive glory through Pharaoh and his, all his army, and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. Amen. Anyways, it's time to start talking about cars. <laughs> Hi. This is Saturday the 7th. We're probably watching or listening to this on Monday the 9th. Uh, I'm Scoot, that's Poop, and let's just jump into it. Uh, SEMA, CE, not SEMA, uh, CES, right, was this weekend? Is that what they call it? Yes. And uh, so as you might imagine, with a big uh, big show, a lot of stuff happened this week, but uh, we are not going to open with anything related to that. We are going to open with a much more uh, sad but sudden topic that happened actually not long after recording our last podcast. It is true. Uh, like within like six hours of. Yeah. Um, for those that haven't heard... Already, one Ken Block, who was part founder of Hoonigan, as well as rally driver and rally cross winner, um, he is someone that is very famous and was an inspiration to a lot of people across the entire car community. Whether you're into tuning, racing, racing, or we're just a straight up Hoonigan, yes, uh, say or even drifting, uh, you probably knew something about him. Uh, so it is sad to see him go so suddenly in a snowmobile accident. Uh, and that is about all we have to cover on that. Uh, rest in peace. He will definitely be remembered. He will be missed. Anyway. (laughs) So I'm sure you've heard of the company ZF. I have, I have, yeah. Probably not. Actually, actually. most people, well, unless you're a tuner. Unless (laughs) Unless you're a German tuner. tuner. Or some kind of automobile manufacturer, because it's not just the Germans. Or just some form of mega nerd. ZF makes transmissions. Uh, But apparently they also want to get into the seatbelt market with heated seatbelts. I don't know really why, but, you know, everybody's got to make money somehow, I guess. They claim that they can increase the range of your EV by using heated seatbelts instead of just blasting heat into your cabin to more effectively heat you without wasting heat to the cabin. Which is kind of really weird, to be quite honest with you. I'm not really sure that's going to work out how they think it is. (laughs) I think people are just going to use it like they use heated seats, which is you blast the heat and you turn on the heated seat. But, uh, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see, I guess. Alright, so this next one I actually still have to put a link down, and I didn't really put any information. But I don't really need to. Um, so, for those of you that haven't been following F1 publications as of recent, uh, it actually started with uh, him 
with Mr. Michael Andretti, more or less, continuing. He's been sort of propping up this idea of Andretti racing is going along well, and this submission is doing good. But it's like, eh, he might just be saying that, just to try and pressure the FIA into doing it. And then all of a sudden, things take a sharp right turn when Ben Sulliam himself, the president of the FIA, says F1 could use some more teams. Like, he, when he comes out and says this, this changes things. Because yes. not only has this opened the doors for Andretti, but also other teams, like I've seen... Audi. Uh, well, not Audi. Audi's already coming in through Sauber. It's Porsche is the Porsche. one. Porsche. That's the one that doesn't have a place. Porsche, and I've also been hearing things about uh, Panthera possibly re-attempting their no bid <laughs> with... Now, now, either this is a separate bid or perhaps Panthera with Hyundai. This is also something I've been hearing stuff I don't about. Think Hyundai cares enough about or Alpine will finally get their junior team that they've been wanting since Red Bull got theirs <laughs> <laughs> for literally ever. Yes. Uh, then they will actually be able to put their junior drivers somewhere instead of just abandoning them at gas stations. <laughs> Well, that's both a Max reference and a reference to literally only one, no, two ever have actually made it to the seat, being Grosjean and Palmer. (laughs) Very memorable. It's just, why would you even bother joining a junior program anymore? Well, money to fund you through, like... F2, yeah, which is a great reason to get it. You just, as soon as you get a good result in F2 at the end of the year, you just dump that shit. You just back out of your contract, and then all the doors are open, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, Honestly, though, you'd be better off just getting a different contract. Oh, uh, yeah. What? But they could carry you through your junior career, and that's what's important. Anyways, so, back to the Andretti bed. The Andretti bed specifically is extremely spiced up, because... I think literally hours after Ben Sulliam said he is starting to light, soften to the idea of new F1 teams, General Motors and Cadillac announced that they were joining Andretti with their bid, which confused me at first because Andretti uses Honda engines in uh, IndyCar, but maybe that's about to change to Chevy, very likely. Um, so that confused me at first, but... It still makes sense because Cadillac is trying to get this new image of themselves is kind of almost European. Uh, yeah, in I mean, like their this, whole LMDH program and everything. Yeah, just... the LMDH program, the fact that they're putting a lot of their effort now into like being fast as opposed to just being kind of luxurious. Yeah, with the whole CT5V Blackwing thing yeah, and all that. And the fact that the V-Series account now follows multiple uh, <laughs> racing teams. Yeah. Um, and then also just, like, the Celestic and just other... Not that the Celestic is particularly... They're just trying to change their image drastically is essentially the plan. And yeah. I can't think of a more radical way to do it than to slap it on an Andretti <laughs> F1 car. That would be quite the statement. And this, in, in combination with uh, the previously announced uh, holding company that's going to, you know, slap their logo on the side of that car in exchange that they paid the $200 million for Andretti... Uh, that's well. Andretti already paid it. I, yeah. I think have already put them. Well, not paid it, but put the money forward. I guess yeah. like it's on the table. Just yeah. F one hasn't touched it yet. Yeah. And then they paid back Andretti two hundred million. That's quite the deal. Yes. 
so essentially, the stars are aligning, and it is very possible that we could have 11 teams for 2024. It is also possible that that might get delayed another I'm year. I'm thinking 2026 is probably... Well, their original goal was 2024. I know, but there's no chance. No, and I, I, I do agree that the worst ideas in F1 ever is the things that are pushed forward a year, like Honda McLaren, or McLaren Honda Round 2, as well as Lola MasterCard, are two of the biggest failures in F1, because some sponsor was like, I want it this year! Yep. I don't want to wait another year. Well, let's just hope that doesn't happen to Andretti. Speaking of waiting another year... Uh, Tesla, guess what? What? They decided, you know that yoke thing... Oh, the thing that you can't really do UEs in? Yeah, the thing you literally can't use as a steering wheel because it's dumb. Uh, well, they decided that might be dumb, so they brought the steering wheel back. It's a circle again. Wow. Such well, news. Big wow. Nobody cares. It's Tesla. You know what people do care about? What? One of the first big announcements at CES. The new Ram 1500... BEV wow. Revolution, baby. 2024, Ram will have an electric truck. This is just a concept, of course. This is not going to be what the actual version is exactly like, though it's expected to be very close because they do say they want it out in the year of 2024, which is apparently next year now. I don't know when that happened. I thought it was still 2012. But, um, <laughs> and this thing has a lot of interesting features. I am actually very enticed by this vehicle, not because it sounds good, but it sounds absolutely hilarious, and I I think to some degree it might actually sell really well because it is absolutely hilarious and full of absolute memes. Let me go run through some of these memes. So, presented this at the uh, 2023 CES show, uh, and according to Car and Driver, it has a slippery design, loads of high-tech features, a highly comfortable interior, and third-row jump seats. Now, these jump seats attach to a, a, they, they attach to the side wall so that way you can use it when you fold down the back wall and when you fold down hold on <laughs> okay I'm just going to run through this card and then I'm going to get to reading this so fold down the back wall right um, and then this so this bed right you can also extend that out with the gate because the gate opens like barn doors but you could open it and fold the thing out so it just extends the bed but also you can run things all the way through the front because there's a hole that <laughs> that that ram calls the pass hole <laughs> which is hilarious that runs through the neck next to the Next to the fold-down beds, next to the second row, and through the center console, into the frunk, meaning you have, if you have an 18-foot pole, you could just run that the whole way. I think Ram was genuinely smoking crack when they designed this car. <laughs> I'm not even done. Uh, so, electric motors on front and rear axles. I, I'm just going to go back to reading the actual notes, and then I'll cut back if I missed anything. Yeah. All-wheel drive and Ram claims the steering wheel can retract into the dashboard for level 3 autonomous driving. 
Good luck with that. Uh, it says that it can do that where the steering wheel retracts and interior lights and AR HUD smart seats, whatever that means, and the steering wheel work together to provide next-level situational awareness to the driver. External projectors also communicate with the driver and can transform the truck into a mobile movie theater. Ram also says drivers can manage their smart home from their truck and can use their phone app to measure objects and determine how best to carry them in the revolution. Of course, it has rear wheel steering up to 15 degrees. And of course, here, they haven't mentioned many numbers. Like, we have no clue what the horsepower is. We can only assume what number, what funny number that is. But what we do know uh, revolves around the charging, which is that Ram claims it can charge 100 miles of range in 10 minutes with an 800 volt DC fast charging at up to uh, 350 kilowatts. That's pretty freaking powerful charging right there. Yes. Another feature of the 1500 Revolution is shadow mode, where the truck autonomously follows the driver as they walk ahead, which Ram says will save short trips around the job site. It also has an octagonal steering wheel, because we're messing with steering wheels now, uh, with small screens built in, where there's a glass roof with electrochromatic panels that can individually adjust their opacity. <laughs> I genuinely do not understand what the hell Ram is doing. I mean, this car is a fever dream. That's what it is. It's like, it's. I don't think they know what's going on. I think it's the revolution. <laughs> I think they just threw a bunch of fancy stuff on a truck and said, ah, yeah, it'll go. Sure. Why not? It also has suicide doors. Uh, all the um, all the uh, seats are bolted down to rails, so they are very adjustable. A and B. They also said that you could take out the second row of seats if you want, and that those rails are rated to then strap things down. People were going to use it that way anyways. Ram might as well make sure that they can do that and not be ripped out of the floor. Yeah. <laughs> um. Nothing worse than the rails in your truck getting yes. ripped out. Also, has an 18-inch display screen on top, and underneath there's a smaller display screen which can come out and be used as a tablet. So essentially, this truck comes with a free tablet <laughs> that you can take out of the car. It's just like, <laughs> why? There's so many things about this truck you just have to ask why about. Why does the back wall fold down? Why well, are there six seats in it? It's a truck. You're not going to put anybody in those rear seats. And again, ultimately, I would like to say that as funny as this car is, I don't think they're trying to sell it on funny. I would, I, if I had money, I would buy this because I think it's hilarious. And I'd love to put some people in the fold-down third row of seats with the back down and have them wave at people behind me on the highway. That would That'd be, be hilarious. hilarious. I'd also like to put someone in the center console <laughs> and ride them in there into the move, into like the drive-through theater. Put them in the pass hole. In the yeah. pass hole. Yeah. Like there's so much. How do you name something pass hole? <laughs> I, I don't get it. <laughs> they seriously named it that. Like, taking themselves completely seriously. <laughs> to be honest, I, I don't know for absolute sure that they named it that, and Car and Driver may have just called it that, but, like, it's it they were they said it a lot 
they kept saying passel, passel, passel. So I'm pretty sure that's what Ram is calling it. That seems like something that Ram would be calling it. What were we talking about? Pardon, Ram. Pardon the interruption. Are we done talking about Ram? Uh, sure. We've talked about Ram There's a lot. There's probably things I missed over, by the way. Yeah, like but funny little features. We'll talk about it when that car actually comes out. I, I, I've never been more hyped for a Doug Demir <laughs> review in my life. <laughs> Mercedes has two fresh recalls for us this week. Woo! Yeah, that's right, not just one. Oh, I saw that. I saw that sign wave. We have a total of like five hundred thousand cars that were recalled. Well, four hundred and fifty thousand, if you really wanted to get technical. We have three hundred and twenty-four thousand M slash GLE models because they're technically the same. They just changed the name halfway through. Um, from 20, 2011 to 2019. And uh, basically the issue is that water can accumulate in the space where the spare tire goes and short out the fuel pump, which is That's less than ideal because you kind of need the fuel to make your engine go boom, boom, and drive places. So when that shorts and it stops running, well, you don't get any more fuel and your engine stalls on the highway, which is really cool. It's yeah. exactly what you want to happen, right? Um, so yeah, they gotta fix that. Yeah, typically this is like the second that. issue of this kind, not with Mercedes, but just in the in the industry in the last year or not even the last year. When was that last one? It was like a month ago, wasn't it? The Mercedes or the no, Audi? Yeah. Uh, it was like a little over a month ago. It was like a month and a half. Yeah. So it seems to be a common issue for some reason. I don't get what with what's with automakers and not making waterproof harnesses. It's not that hard. Anyway, the second recall is with 124,000 C, E, C, L, K, and C, L, S models from 2001 to 2011. Now, to be quite honest with you, this is a really dumb recall. <laughs> Basically, the issue is the sunroof could just pop off. Well, that's not good. <laughs> now, it's not actually Mercedes' fault. The sunroof manufacturer changed the way they did the adhesive, and they changed it to do it wrong. <laughs> they did it that way for 10 years, which is really funny. Mercedes just found out about it because, well, sunroofs just started popping off. <laughs> yeah, so that's less than ideal. When you're just kind of driving down the highway, you're like, oh, would you look at that? There is now a big hole in my roof. Yes. Wow. Anyway, uh, yeah. Mercedes needs to get on those. So, everyone was hyped when Chrysler showed up to CES with something under the covers. And people went, wow, it is time for Chrysler to make a new car. <laughs> it is, we have waited so long, it is finally time. And then they unveiled the covers. And no, it was what Chrysler believes interiors of the future will look like. This, of course, being just a massive, it's a seat with a long screen, like long, not tall, yeah, long. Yeah, yeah, Wide. Wide? Wide. Uh, and no steering wheel. And that's, I mean, the, if you, like, look into it, there's, like, stuff about, like, what, what the screen can do and the good, and the actual dimensions of the screen. No one cares. What is with automakers and making the single dumbest decisions when it comes to integrating technology into cars? I don't get it. Now, see, I don't think the RAM is dumb. No, you're right. It's not. The RAM, 
with the technology integration is not dumb. It's, it's just the strange. technology. It's just the technology they chose. Yeah, it's kind of strange, but it's not dumb. This is just dumb. Nobody wants just the screen in their car. Nobody wants that. You know what people want? A Chrysler car. <laughs> <laughs> that's what people Nobody want. Nobody wants a Chrysler car either, so it's not really going to be a big deal. Well, that that's what we want more than just whatever this is. Yeah. I'd rather have them make a car, but no. Nope. <laughs> no more. Nope. No, no more 300. No more 200. You don't get anything. What do you mean no more 300? They're going to keep making the 300 until they finally come up with a new car. Yeah, exactly. But uh, like, in a couple of years. The only people who are buying it are... Not gonna finish that. <laughs> uh, you can fill in the blank. You'll figure it out. Speaking of fill in the blank, I, I actually have a thought to finish after the podcast uh, about last week. Very cool. Honda. Honda has new pricing for the Accord. The new one that we talked about like two weeks yeah, ago. I, think. Two, I don't remember ago. when we talked about it, but the pricing is out. It starts at $28,390, which is honestly fairly reasonable for the Accord. It's not the best i've ever heard but you know it'll it'll pass the budget um of course they go up in trim levels the lx of course being the base they have the ex the sport exl sport l and then the touring um the sport starts at thirty two thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars just skirting under thirty three thousand dollars and the touring starts at thirty eight thousand nine hundred and eighty five dollars uh if you really care about the rest of the prices go look them up Nobody really cares. Nice. <laughs> Speaking of Honda, Honda and Sony are kissing a little in the corner. Wow. Actually, what's happened is they've announced a joint venture called Sony Honda Mobility. Now, you're probably like, ah, a tech company and a car company making a joint venture. I've heard of this one before. They're going to share some technology. Sony's going to put a nice little screen in a Honda and maybe an Acura 2. And, who oh boy, it's going to be a real cool a real cool collaboration well they've promised a little more than that i actually forgot to put the name of the car it's in the link is it oh look at that (laughs) so they've actually announced a car brand to be run under this uh joint venture which is a little confusing for multiple reasons one joint ventures are usually fragile uh, so, you know, this car company is fragile. But this new car company called Afila mm. <laughs> is what they've chosen to name the car company uh, with Sony Honda Mobility. Um, these two Japanese companies revealed prototype of a possible vehicle they might be making, a new electric sedan. That they plan to sell in 2026, obviously that's a concept, not necessarily what's going to be sold. And also, uh, uh, my brain lost its train of thought. Whatever. It's a company. So, Afila will be... <laughs> that name is incredible. Afila? Afila this... <laughs> I can't just, just no. Gotta, let's just leave it there. Let's yep, just leave it there. Yep, yep. You, you, I feel of this, and then you'll you can fill you in can the blank. Figure it there. out. You, you, you know the jokes we're going to be making about this car brand for the <laughs> remainder of this podcast, <laughs> however long it may last. Yes. Hopefully not. That oh, long. that's what I did. I put it under Harmon Carden. <laughs> <laughs> Well, while I just noticed that 
taking orders in 2025, and we'll start delivery in America in 2026. Incredible. Afila. Okay. Harmon Carter. <laughs> Guess what? You know that company that might may or may not be owned by Samsung? Well, yeah, but they're releasing a completely useless product. Wow. What a surprise. The product is software and hardware. For Both kinds. A heads-up display, which is not revolutionary <laughs> at all. <laughs> I made a slingshot with my hair ties and pointed it at Peter. <laughs> just like... <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't really do anything. Oh, well, actually. <laughs> I expected that. Anyway. So... <laughs> Yeah, um, basically it's a heads-up display. There's nothing fancy about it at all. It has some fa- it has some software behind it that makes it mildly fancy, but literally car companies all know how to develop software now, so I don't know who they're going to sell this to. And it requires a separate piece of glass that's not the windshield to display it on, which is literally completely pointless because there are car companies that know how to do it with just the windshield, so why bother? Literally completely useless product. BMW and I know a few other car companies. Oh no, he brought it up. He a few other car companies have been doing this for over a decade now. It's like this is not new technology. It, it, it's I, I don't get why they're releasing this product. It's completely pointless. <laughs> anyway, Aston. 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 I'm not gonna do that. Aston Martin has announced a new version of the DBS, which is a ultimate salute to the DBS. Now, I hold on. I, 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 I thought I read, but I didn't write it down. I thought I read that this thing's naturally aspirated. Okay, I gotta, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll get the numbers. You go. Uh, but anyways, the DBS uh, 770 Ultimate Edition will be the blaze of glory to the Aston Martin DBS. Uh, which recently lost its super legera tag, uh, so another V12 down and out. Uh, only 499 examples will be built in the world, so make sure you grab your uh, dirty little Aston hands on one. It's it can do zero to 60 in 3.4 seconds. Uh, has a top speed of 211 uh, with a 5.2 liter V12. There's uh, no word on whether it's naturally aspirated, but... Okay, I thought I read that somewhere, but maybe not. I'm gonna bet it's not. Because that would be a lot. Yeah, that's... <laughs> it's a lot of horsepower to be getting out of just a 5.2 liter V12. It is possible, but I'm gonna bet it's turbo. <laughs> Alright, I think that's just about all we have to cover this week. Um, unless you can think of something else. Oh, there's the Volkswagen Ionic 7. I didn't care to talk Nobody about it. Nope. The, I- <laughs> the ID7? What did I say? He said the Ionic 7. Oh. <laughs> Whoops, that's Hundi. Um, yeah. It's a car. Uh, Sangyong wants to not be called Sangyong. Yeah, well, uh, good luck with that. Hundi wants to be called... Wait, what was it? Nobody what? cares. They want to be called Hyundai. In Britain. Yeah. They want to have a different name in Britain. Instead of Hyundai. Yes. Anyway, nobody uh, cares. You know, he's gotten up. He's walking away. He's, in fact, leaving the room. Well, I guess this leaves it to me to end 
Thank you so much for watching. Bless your face. If you sneeze during this video, bless you. Peace out. Boop.